Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it with, you made it with, you made it with. Well, no surprise here. I think this is a a great episode. What can I say? It was fun. Larry Miller. Come on. That's a big get. Big get with Larry Miller. So glad he came in to do the show. So let's get to it. Couple things to plug. Play that crispy song. Uh, one thing, we're, I'm doing a show if you're in Los Angeles, a live taping for Comedy Central, April 3rd for Mashup. If you want tickets, they're free. Go to the blacklistnyc.com regular slash mashup. Uh, that's going to be a really fun uh, taping. Chris Hardwick's doing it. TJ Miller's doing it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Please come out. Uh, feel free to email the show, weirdatnerdist.com. Uh, go to facebook.com, regular, regular slash, you made it weird. This is all This is all pretty standard stuff. You know this stuff. Ugly Americans, the show I do voices on, is back. It's on Wednesdays on Comedy Central at 10.30, 9.30 Central. Uh, listen to the Duncan Truss, Trussell Family Hour, the episode that we just did. His episode is coming out very soon, and uh, it would be awesome if you've heard both. That'll be extra trippy and weird. Go to PeteHolmes.com for all the live dates. April 7th is coming up for the next You Made It Weird Live with Jim Gaff, again, Michael Ian Black, uh, Matt McCarthy. I'm trying to get a fourth guest. We'll see who that'll be. Portland, Laughing Skull Atlanta, Salt Lake City Wise Guys, Comedy Attic in, in Indiana, Helium in Portland, back in Portland. Go to PeteHolmes.com. They're all there. New sponsor this week uh, is Amazon, which is great because they kind of have everything. I've literally gotten a bag of cumin from Amazon. That's true. You can, you can get that. I needed that. Uh, go to Amazon. No, oh, don't go to Amazon.com. Don't go to Amazon.com. What you do is you go to the, uh, this show, go to Nerdist.com, find You Made It Weird, go to this episode, click on the Amazon banner, and then shop for whatever it is you need. Whatever it would be possibly, possibly be. And then that's a great way to support the show. Um, please do that. The more people do that, the better we look, the more sponsors we get, the more we can, you know, buy Katie a jet ski. We don't pay Katie. We don't pay Katie. We do pay Katie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, you fucking get it, man. <laughs> you get it. All day you get it. I'm sorry the coffee's from 7-Eleven. I apologize about that. Don't say that you're... You should have said that too. First of all, you're wrong. I'd far rather have this than than anything from Pete's or Starbucks or anything. Really? Yeah. But they don't really. I pour this and it just it just my my thought was I was like, oh, they're running low on the hundred percent Colombian. That's what this is. I like it because it has math in it. It's the only flavor with math. I know it sounds like I'm doing a bit. That's legit. Stop. We're recording. Oh, we are. Yeah. Good. (laughs) Good. I didn't want. We were just you want earphones, you can wear earphones. Sure. Larry Miller is here uh, to make it weird, and, and I'm very excited that he's here. And we were just talking about how you shouldn't talk off mic, because you're a podcaster yourself. Everything is deep. Everything is interesting. The yeah. whole point of podcasting. By the way, there have been no guests on mine yet, but we'll talk about that another time. The point of you, you and you. me talking yeah. is that... What appeals to people about cod- podcasting, I think. Codpasting. Or codcasting. <laughs> or, or codfishing. We're here talking about codfishing. Exclusively whitefish. And trout. by the way, yeah, anything off the off Newfoundland. <laughs> All your Newfoundland fish. I'm but, so sorry. I'm forcing bits. You're trying to make a point. Yeah, that was a long time ago. We, <laughs> that bit is gone. Forget We're now it. talking about fish exactly. and Newfoundland. Not but the dogs. Really, what appeals 
to me, to you, I think to everyone who likes podcasting, is that there, for the first time in a long time, there are authentic voices. People begin to hear, yeah. wait a minute, this sounds uh-huh. like not only an actual human being, right. but it sounds like a performer, it sounds like an entertainer, a writer, someone who is trying to be a storyteller. Yeah. And... As much as we love our friends, as much as we do, too, everything that comes up, you do Letterman, The Tonight Show, whatever comes sure. up, and whatever you do, as much as that comes up, those are different products. And over the last... Oh, they're more homogenized. Right. For the last 50 years... Pasteurized. That's turned into what it is, which is fine. It's we fine. friends who do them. It's dandy. But when we tell <laughs> stories and when we talk together, it becomes, hey, wait a minute, that sounds like... A genuine a person, thing, so a, a person speaking. That's why I think, in many ways, podcasting is like television in 1946. It's ah. so, somehow, hey, look at this. Yeah, these people are talking when talk shows right. used to. Those be. look like the people, right? Those are those people I've exactly heard about. Right, that's how everyone talked in the old days. Those are the people. Ah, it sounds like people in my home. Yeah, exactly. They're, that because like we never edit anything out on the show. If I say I'm going to edit that out, I'm just kidding. Because I actually would like to let people in on what I would consider editing out, but we never would. You know what I'm saying? By the way, if you ever needed a motto for the show, yes, it might be that we're going to edit it people, out. I might. I want people to think I might edit it out, but I never do. <laughs> now, <laughs> the longest logline. The logline itself could be edited. You need a larger card. <laughs> But still, I have huge comical business card. Just it looks like ticker tape from WW2. What are we doing? <laughs> We're firing on all pistons. I must be excited that you're here, man. Well, it's mutual though, because well, again, you either love this or you don't, right? And well, you either love people like us or, or you don't. Katie and I have known each other for a long time since in, in since Corolla days, and you know what? We're cut from the same cloth, and that is not lip service. Well, that's actually how we met. We met at comics in New York City. This I remember. I'll remember for us. I'll remember for us, Larry. I came in to comics, and you were running your Letterman set for uh, for Eddie, uh, Eddie Brill. And uh, you and I started talking just immediately. Look, I'm gregarious. I'm a friendly-faced mofo. But you greeted it. You went with it immediately. I say hello. I say I'm a fan of your stuff. And then... Not two minutes later, we're working on, like, a tag. Exactly right. Ah! Love it! Exactly right, though. And I've said this before in other contexts. I know a brother instantly, or a sister. I know, and that is not lip service. I know, especially you're working on a Letterman shot. Yeah. I know I can say to you, not because... Oh, I got a feeling from you. It's just that I know if you're in that room, if you're in the green room, if you're a comic, if you're a brother, I can always say anywhere in the United States, anywhere across Canada, I can always say to anyone, let me ask you something. Does this phrase fit here? Because I'm working a shout out. What What do you think? Not that I'm necessarily... Because you might have a great idea. Sure. Which clause fits here? Should I say yeah. this first? Mm. Should I slide past the yeah. line? What do you think? Slide past the line. You've said dandy and slide past the line so far. It's been a delight. <laughs> but that that's that camaraderie. I think what we're talking about there, and I always like to include it to non-comedians because we have, mo- I'd say the majority of people listening to the show are non-comedians, but I think what resonates about these conversations with them as well is community. We're talking about community. You belong to comedy and when you see somebody and you're using the term brother, you're, you're in a vulnerable spot working on your letterman. You know that you're going to be doing your letterman. And then you meet this random guy 
backstage. And next thing you know, we're just like going to assume the guise of community and be like, let's just forego the getting to know each other and get right into the meat of it. Yeah, it's it's like a, it's like a, a union march in 1923 or something. Right. Brothers, can you hear me? You know what? But the, the thing is. That's exactly it's right. Exactly what the country. And there's the ticker I tape mean, with it, my and, business card in the background. Oh no, we're the we're the same melonhead. <laughs> but it means the world to me. The exact truth of comics is the exact opposite of the cliche that more or less everyone thinks, which is, well, it's, uh, you don't laugh at anyone else, do you? Well, it's kind of a backstabbing thing. Well, you'd rather that other yeah. guy fail. You well, you'd rather lot. this. You'd rather that. Yeah. And uh, not because people are being mean, but they yeah. don't understand. For me, it's the exact opposite. I can look at you in that green room at a comedy club when I'm going out to put this shot together yep. to keep working it till the very second before it actually goes on the air. Yep. And I know I can glance and say, oh, hi, Appel. Let me ask you something. Right. Because it's as if we've just done a Masonic handshake. Yeah. Just, Secret society. Just you being in the... <laughs> I, I, I have, don't know why that delighted me so genuinely. It's true. It's exactly true. I, do, yeah. I don't... I've always felt that we should be able to have the phrase... La Casa Nostra, which means literally our thing. Buddy, And I can show you a file in my phone where I write down thoughts. And one of them, sometimes they're not even comedy thoughts. They're just kind of theories. And one of them is comedy is mafia. I'm not kidding. Yeah, without the strangling. If you can... <laughs> now, <laughs> well, we did just go from, uh, what I agree with you, is comedy is not as backstabby as no. people think it is. We do support. We do help. And I, I feel like the successful people, if you want to be out on your own and be an island... All right, go fuck yourself. You're probably going to die. But you, you would be but that. But most of us help each other. But that that person would be that no matter what business he or she was in. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with entertainment or show business. Yeah. That person would be closed. That soul is torn like a lapel. Yeah. That soul is already That's gone. interesting, yes. And that person is empty inside. Yeah. And cannot be filled by people like us. And they're not a part of our thing. I just love that it went from exactly. something we're saying we're nurturing and we're helpful, but we're also like the mafia. There's there's a weird counterculturalness well, to comedy and the mafia, I suppose. But in a, the uh, hours are similar. And I, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but their clothes are so nice. Uh. But, but but seriously, I will not retreat from this. It is not like a bad group. What it is, though, is if you want to see it and live it the right way. Yeah, and I do. Yeah, because I can't live any other way. I just read today, this is the guy died who was I hate the phrase whistleblower because it makes them sound like a rat. Yeah, but that's for lack of a better a shorthand because it's a whistle too. It's like tweet tweet. tweet you, it's hey, an annoying it's sound. Someone, it sounds like someone who's ratting if out. If it was a crank puller, crank puller, or like button smasher, but it's. Or by the way, or how about? Reluctant hero. Ooh. How about someone? This was that the sounds guy. Like a delicious sandwich. This was the guy. By the way, that's right. They're not going to name them necessarily at Jerry's After Us, but what's yours called? The reluctant hero. <laughs> the Larry Miller, and then in italics underneath it, the reluctant hero. I was asked to have a hot dog at the, at the infield because after when Charlie Sheen was going through that fascinating blip. In his life, yes, I, I don't remember. know the man, and sure. I and I and God I, love him. I, I, well, <laughs> who knows? A, Why am I? Bestowing? You know what? A difficult soul, but uh, you know when, when that was happening, he went into this place, this hot dog place near where I live, and the, the kids and I just love this place. It's called the Infield. It's on uh, Ventura Boulevard, and he had gone in there and said, "Why don't you have uh, a Charlie Sheen here?" And he was 
half kidding, yeah. but uh-huh. you know. And so they said, absolutely, let's do it. So it was, if you remember when he was that four month period when it was such an interesting thing to watch with him. Yes, yes. For good or ill, it was it was interesting. The winning wiener. Well, uh, it was called. No, it was called the Charlie Sheen. They just called it the. Charlie. But it had. So it was a hot dog with tiger's blood, which was you know, hot sauce or something, and then a couple of other things. It was very clever. Oh, it's- So then they said to me, well, you, you should have one. And I did. I said on the podcast, I said, all right, let's have suggestions. But like a lot of things in comedy and life, that just slides off and doesn't get quite finished. Which part? Actually having it done. The oh, doing the Charlie Sheen yeah, I mean, dog. I made, no, I made the decision of what oh, mine, mine would be. Yes, it was called. We we're going to call it the level six. Uh huh. But at any rate, the the the, the 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 point is that I insist in my life and in yours yeah. and the people we know, there is no sane reason. That's how Katie and I met. That's why I I think we get along so well in, in uh, at Ace Broadcasting and Car- in Corolla's organization. Sure, sure. There. I don't know any other way to live except. Oh, I brought up this guy, the the whistleblower or the yeah, hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Reluctant hero. Wanna... I'm the worst host. I make it harder for you to say what you want to say. No, you're wrong because that's once again, you're wrong. But because <laughs> I know I'm wrong, it's just a delight to put the, myself down. That's the down. beauty again of podcasting. We Ooh. can flow, and this will be not because it's us individually and together, but if you're any good at show business, show business. this will be a nourishing hour for people to listen to and it's like our version of a prayer so when people listen to this they can say i know those minds now i understand the way these guys look at the world and this was not a waste of time this is like a you're lifting from my brain get out of my brain larry this is my show i'll tell you comedy is like a prayer get out of it (laughs) i'm just getting into it and that's all the time we have. Well, I'm getting. When you leave here today, you'll be levitating. Yeah. But oh, but here's the like thing. The Again, with this, with Reluctant this guy. Hero. So he's the guy before the Challenger exploded, mm. the uh, space shuttle. Thing. I remember. He had said to them, "This is not good." Yeah. He's the guy who said, "You know what? This is wrong. These O rings yeah. can I remember this. go explode in, yeah. in odd cases. We should not do this." But they had such a corrupt. And there was another engineer named McDonald that they ruined his life. They had such a corrupt culture yeah. of bureaucracy. Of I, That's why I can't even look at those people. I mean, when, I can't watch any shows anymore. I can't look at anyone who represents something because I think they're, they're awful people. You mean like NASA? The NASA people? Anything. NASA Anything that has to... That's a pretty good one. Thank you, assholes. That's very clever. I also use TSA holes. Hold on one second. No, no, no. I don't want to use it. What I want to do is underline to everyone listening, this is a favorite thing of mine, to say, stop the presses. Hold on. Let's think about that again. Because Right. Because that's a nice little pearl. Yeah. And it's out in the world now. Yeah, it exists now. And this guy, my brother, just said it. So I like to stop and say, the, we'll get back to other stories, but that ah, all right, that should be underlined. O-rings. So the point is that this guy, they ruin their lives, they yeah. get fired, they can't get hired by anyone again. And this guy was so angry because he knew, and the same thing happened to the Challenger. He knew that on entry, this and that, yep. and he, these horrible people will be... I, I believe, you know, that goes on the report card. You know, you don't want to be at the other, on the other side of that desk yeah. one day just saying, well, he, he, here's the way I, I looked at it at the, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, but this guy, so I read this and I just said again, that's why I'm so 
rigid on you and me and people like us. Yep. Because we're storytellers, and I want to live it a certain way. Yep. I love acting and writing very much. I've been lucky, but I'm a comic first and last. Yeah. Let me make it weird. Yeah. That's the name of the show. Okay. Challenger, they let the Challenger blow up. They filled it with civilians. They knew it was going to blow up to make us disinterested in space. You mean uninterested? Is that is that the way I should have said it? You well, can, I just tried only, to make you. I, I banged you the the, uh, only the, the badminton if, birdie, the cock, look, the cockle, oh, and then I said I'm going to make it weird with a conspiracy, and then you go, you should have said uninterested. No, only it's it's only <laughs> in, you hit only, it right back. It's only important if you want to be correct and precise. Now, <laughs> and, it's only important if you want to be right and, and clear to people. Yeah, disinterested means you have no opinion one way or the other. Uninterested Ooh, means well, you don't care. So, in other words, a judge I, theoretically should be disinterested in the case. Yeah. He doesn't, he or she doesn't understand. Yeah, doesn't have an opinion before yeah. the trial happens whether someone's guilty or not. I'm going to say disinterested or uninterested. Either way, complacent about space because I think that they, uh, you know, the most powerful people in the world probably know a lot more about space that's going on. And like, if the more curious we get, the more inconvenient that is. That's why space is so boring. You know something? <laughs> They've made it boring for you, us. You may be right. If I've learned anything, and I might not have, but, <laughs> but I, we'll if I've that. learned anything, I'm never a naysayer to anything. I mean, some of the more good for you. I, I was like, this is gonna, you're gonna get real upset at this silly theory. It's no. not even my theory. It's just something I remember being like, that kind of makes sense. Because no. why fill it with school teachers? Then it blows up, and then they're like, yeah, regular people should stay out of space. That's for the Buzz Aldrins. By the way, yeah, no, but again, I never. Some of the better known and really awful things again that no we blew up the world trade so you want to say right, you know sure. what you gotta stop pal you gotta stop well that yeah stop that's it. why we're stop we're, it we just have our but, toe in the conspiracy pool right but, now and it's kind of more of a not a fun one but a more lighter one but it's a it's a seduction in that way by the way it could also be sure why not that uh that uh, one of those guys at nasa had her as a teacher, and she flunked. Ah, uh, now we're see. Now we're getting. So real. they all got together. You know, and you I, know that's actually that's a that's a real thing. What uh, conspiracy people believe, and you know, I, I I read them or whatever. I don't necessarily believe them. They believe that uh, it's one of my favorite conspiracies about conspiracies that the con a conspiracy will exist. So we agreed that the idea that NASA let a, a Challenger thing uh, malfunction to make us afraid of space travel. Okay, let's say that happened, and then you said you made a conspiracy that's silly. To discredit all conspiracy. So you go, or maybe one of the guys at NASA had her as a school teacher. And then we go, bah, they're both dumb. It's like you staple them together. Well, you know what I'm saying? I do. That kind of just happened in real time. I just, I have so it's such a little, weird show. I have so little faith in right. the competence That's the best. of more or less anyone. That's the best uh, argument against any conspiracy. That's kind of what I mean. Yeah. I mean, I just, it's... So difficult, for, and you know this, and everyone listening knows this. I'm not talking about the DMV. I'm talking about any single office you walk into. Yeah. I've written, a, I, I put this down. I haven't even performed it yet, but you and I and Katie and everyone listening out there like to think, we all like to think, yeah, I'm pretty good at the stuff I do. I'm not a complete idiot. Yeah. And I, and I like to think I, I'm, I'm competent, but then it makes you realize, well, someone's got to be stupid because every time, for instance, I go on an air, airplane and you look at the picture of the guy, they have the CEO, 
you know, in the front of, you know, when it's Wait, Bob, where, Bob Chapman or whatever the guy is. The where? Pre- the president of the airline, in the airline magazines. Okay, we're reading the In skyline. the Goofy magazine, yep. right. Yep, So Airway. they always have the picture of the guy, and it's like a prom picture 40 years later because he's kind of looking off to the side yes, yes. with a vacant smile. Yes. And you realize... Is this guy an idiot or is this guy an idiot? This right. guy was not chosen because he knows anything about an airplane. This guy was chosen because, A, he has a full head of hair that can be parted. B, <laughs> he has... Can it be parted? B, he's he's just antiseptic enough to let everyone else keep their pensions on the board. Uh-huh. He really has no... It's kind he- of close... To where they had the, like the idiot prince in the 14th century yeah, in Romania, yeah, yeah. where they say, "Sign here, your highness." Yes, they and let him be. In he control. was kind of an idiot, and he said, "Where's the circus?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then they'd, they'd come in and say, "Your ring, your majesty." Yeah, and yeah, they, yeah, they'd yeah. Put the seal on it. And I'm also thinking about the guy. Did you see District Nine? I didn't. My kids said it was a good movie. It is. Good. Well, there, there's kind of a guy that you're like, how did this guy get it? And it's because he's kind of like, you can manipulate him. You give him a power of title, a powerful title, and then you can like, like it's exactly what you're saying. And I love that that's what you're thinking. Most people, when they look at a, like an airline magazine, are like, ooh, Brazilian meats. They cut it right at the table. <laughs> and, and, you're, and, you're, and you're going, this guy's a fucking placeholder. He just the pension, the board. Larry, what's it like being in your brain? That's hysterical, <laughs> Enjoy the flight. <laughs> that's hysterical, though, yeah. because we all do the same thing. Yes, I'm at the point where I, I don't even look at the Brazilian thing anymore because I ah, spent enough years eating those look- sweet mates. No, <laughs> looking at it, looking at it and thinking, "Honey, we've got to go to Memphis for that chicken." Yeah. You know, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like the food shows on TV. Yeah. You're always a hair away from saying Let's go. I saw one last night where they make it's in Kansas City. I'm going. I'm going to be in uh, Nebraska this weekend. And I thought for a second, yeah, well, that's close. That's kind of close. We could go to Kansas City, you know. But uh, I'm not going. To, yeah, no, you're not. But that's go. how they get you. Buddy, in. I lived in New York, and I would see something, and I'd be like, uh, "This thing. Oh, this Italian restaurant's been open since like 1881, and they have the best pizza in the world. And oh, it's so great. And I, I realize I live above it. I'm not going. <laughs> I, I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered. No, when you live above something, that's exactly right. When you live. Above Above something, hey, this is the with the best pizza, you know, buddy. Leave me alone. I gotta go. Right, sure. But if you're, I can't be, I'm going to uh, I'm going to Quiznos because I'm a fucking idiot all no, day. No, I like you're reliability going there because <laughs> that's what you want, and we're lucky enough to be able to get most of us what we want. You yeah. don't want that. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I would rather eat at the the fancy pizza place. That's kind of a comedy, kind of a comedy lie. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make it. Let's make it even weirder. You mentioned hair. Yes. You're a bald man. Yes. <laughs> well, this show is so weird. You talk about it in your act. You have jokes about it. Let me. Let me throw this. I at don't you. actually. I don't, don't you not? You don't? No. I thought I just watched a Letterman where you referenced it. You know what? Oh, I'm wrong. I did a whole bit once on one whole Letterman shot. Yeah. Okay. That must. Which have been. was about because we took the kids to Disneyland. You're right. By the way, I don't. As a matter of course do it in my act of saying well i guess i'm bald but right, what right, happened right. was it had happened so recently and it was all true i love it was hair true that, can be parted. that the <laughs> donald duck whatever it is or the, or the not donald duck that's warner brothers that the uh scrooge yeah. mcduck or one of those characters uh-huh, in the thing uh-huh. we're checking in yeah and the guy in the costume they, they're already in the costume they're at the little check-in counter yeah and he's but it was a tall one and i'm checking with the kids and my wife and he comes over and 
He rubs his hand uh, on my head. Yes. And then I turned around. It's I started, you yeah, know, because you think, of course. what the? And I turned around, and he, remember, they don't speak. Yeah. So he holds his hands on the belly and does the silent rocking back. Uh, <laughs> oh, you <laughs> cocksucker. And then. Oh, and fuck you forever. extends the four-finger hand oh, for a handshake. Fuck you, buddy. Because every other bald man in history in Disneyland is just trying to check in and thinks, oh, he's being nice. Yeah. But I said to him, we're comics. Yeah. We at least have some ba- balance yeah. on our feet. And I said to him, let me explain something to you. Oh, Jesus. You're now not a, talking. You're not talking to Scrooge McDuck. You're speaking I'm, to the boy inside that. I'm talking that. to an actor yeah. inside that costume. Yeah, who? Say, Come on. You're pretty recognizable. Is that on page five of your manual? Rub the bald man's head it as probably they're checking is. in, it probably and is. then pretend to laugh because that's that's a joke for the for the check in area. Yeah. So I said, let me explain something to you. These are the check in routines. That's right. Find a pregnant woman. These are all gold. Find a bald man. That's right. Find a pregnant woman and put yeah. your ear down to the stomach yeah, yeah. and then do the same laugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then stand up and hold You'd your hand. You'd be surprised up. how many of the bits end in the belly laugh. Well, <laughs> what else is there? What other end is there? They can't hold a sign up that says, frankly, I'm thinking of killing you. Uh, they, they, and because I'm so embittered. Actually, that would be the best. If, if, if he went up and rubbed your bald head and then did two fingers to the temple and mimed shooting himself. By the way. That would be the best I would, bit ever. I would dig that and I would yes. respect it. Because I would say, I got you. Yeah. I know what you mean. He puts his hand on you as if to say, I'm so sorry. This is my job. And then, by the way, and then, by the way, yeah. I would say, seriously. Now you're my brother. Yeah. Because now... Not hard to win over Larry Miller. Come now on. Now you're another performer yeah. who's trying to make a living yes. and is trying to figure out the next step. My, I can dig that. My friend uh, John Mulaney was just at Cirque du Soleil and he tweeted that uh, a French clown just du- used a duster on a bald man's head <laughs> and then he wrote, I, I think about it all the time, <laughs> crowd went ape shit. And I was like, yeah, it's so fucking weird how easy it is to degrade. Now, now it's that's okay. Degra- it, it's, it's a little bit degrading. Well, what, no, what I'm saying though... That's why we laugh if that's the context and people did laugh i'd be fine with that too because there are a thousand different kinds of entertainment yeah as long as that laugh is brought to the world i don't think that's someone getting his head cut off laugh yeah i don't think that and then then, then i stabbed and then i popped his eyes out too and right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not that okay so as long as it's as long as folks laugh i'd be fine with that let me tell you a bald thing that was, was again 100 true that uh I, there was a movie that maybe you saw called The Aristocrats. I was, I was in that. Was oh, a, yeah, Everyone yeah. Tells the One Joke. Yep. A lot of funny people. That. Penn Jillette and Paul Provenza yep. produced and directed mm-hmm. that. And so on the... on the. Um, Can I say something? Sure. I'm uh, I'm 32. And uh, we don't tell that joke. So watching that... Pre- I, I'd like to surprised. ask you if you guys tell that joke. Because I just didn't... The pre- it seemed like a false premise. It's like when, when Paul Reiser and Larry Miller are hanging out, are you really telling the Aristocrats joke? By the way, no. Yeah, of course not. Briefly, no. I can be more succinct than that, but for now, Ah, mm. I'm going to stick with no. (laughs) No. But that's also okay to me because to structure something, there were so many laughs in that movie. Sure. All these terrific comics. Sarah Silverman, Bob Saget. Carlin, you know, just telling it in very funny ways and... uh, but the point is, there were some real laughs in that thing. The point is, the guy who did the publicity on that was a photographer, huge and a hugely successful Hollywood photographer, and does everything and everybody. And he, he came up to me on the publicity day, and he just said, listen, if you want, 
he said something nice, and then uh, you know what? I'll do a session for you, give you a, a big discount on the thing. Now my publicist was there, and my manager. They said, "Well, this guy is whoa, sure, you gotta do this." Okay, fine with me. I'm not a big glossy guy anyway. Right. You know, you have the one picture. You know, it's fine. Does anyone need a picture at this point? Really, I don't bring them you to auditions, go, and they're no always one like, does. They're like, "Do you have a picture?" And I'm like, come, "Exactly, come right. on. What? Do you have what? a picture? No, no, I don't. We live in a time of Google image search. Look." Up at me. Yes. But the point is that I've just never, even before that, 10, 20 years ago, I've never really been. Look up at me. I was so, th- in my own head, I forgot to laugh at the very funny, look up at me. Glance upwards. <laughs> Do you have a photo? Please take me in hey, peripherally. You know hey, I know what. Look up. <laughs> Here's the thing. So, but, I, so I've never really been into photographs anyway. That's fine that people yes, are. Yes, okay. Good luck and congratulations if you're really into your, your photograph and getting something. So I said, fine, because my – and they, I like these guys. My publicist, my agent, my manager. Oh, this guy, this is the guy. Oh, if this guy wants to do you, then this is great. Now, I'd be still – today, this is two years ago, three years ago the thing came out. Uh-huh. Today, I would – Aristocrats? St- yeah. Yeah, more, Something three, four? Yeah, maybe. I would still be mortified to tell you what the giant discount rate was because it was still so much, but that's all right. Sure, okay. Let the buyer beware, caveat emptor. Sure. And you know what? Second time. I'm still the moron that's still sitting there because I bought, but that's fine. So it's not the dough. He takes, number one, it's like a regular modeling session now, meaning it's four hours for this thing. Yeah. Which most sane people can't do, especially most guys aren't going to. I don't. Come on. Yeah. Can't, doesn't nine, ten, a couple of rolls? Let's go. Let me get out of here. I want to go home and either write jokes or drink. Yeah. So, or both. I get that. Now you're thinking. <laughs> I, I only wish we had spoken. <laughs> so the, the, here's the thing. So the guy develops, or you know, makes them all and sets them all up. I go back a week later with the same guys, my publicist and manager, and every every photograph is cut at the forehead. Uh-huh. And I I said to, it, it, I noticed it, and I, you know, the rest is it's just you, the same thing, looking off and smiling. Yeah. When you're wearing a blue shirt, when you're wearing yeah. a black shirt with a tie, when you're wearing a white shirt, it's just, in other words, like any other photograph. Yeah. But they're all cut Cropped. off at the top of the forehead. Letterbox. And I said to him, why, they're uh, all cut off at the forehead. And he smiled and said, yes. And I said, why are they all cut off? And he said, well, this way, no one knows you're bald. And I looked is at that, him. Is that word? Do you remember he actually said that? Unquote. Really? Quote, unquote. And this I, way, no one knows sitting, you're bald. And now this way, th- this way, comma, no one knows you're bald. Oh, Jesus. Exact quote. Now, I, I looked at him. You, there's a great moment in the history of civilization. I'm looking at him. Yeah. I kind of turned my head and I looked at the publicist and agent. And they, they're still trying to have these hopeful smiles on uh. their faces. So I know there's no help there. And so I looked back at this guy and leaned forward and nodded a couple of times with a small smile and said, but I am bald. Ah. And he said, without skipping a beat, but no one has to know. And I said, this- no, what? I'm in show business. Yeah. I've, I'm, this is in a movie. I'm lucky. I work pretty steadily. The idea is so people get to know you, uh. not so that... They see this picture and say, gee, you know, that kind of looks like Larry Miller, but I don't know if he's bald. Mm. Because I know Larry's bald. Yeah. So maybe, maybe we can't this give him his... this part. Yeah. It's so powerfully stupid. But 
you have a choice in life. Yeah. In everything. Yes. I believe this with all my heart. You either get annoyed at certain moments, no matter what the moment is. Yeah. Or you start to laugh, and I start to laugh at everything. I just smiled. Yeah. I looked at them. And I started to laugh and couldn't stop. It was so completely stupid. Yes. And so I said, you know what? Here's the check for a gagillion dollars for the session and for all this terrific work. I have a picture now that I use from that session in my one-man show, Cocktails with Larry Miller, for the publicity to put in the brochures and in the the theater and Uh the stuff in the subscription brochures. And it's that picture. But my, my friend, the producer, Pat Hazel had his friend draw in the rest of the head. Ah, that's good. So the picture was, of me now has a, a drawn-in head. Yes. So people can say, there's Larry. oh, well, there's Larry Miller. Yeah. I knew he was bald. Because I, I refused to not use the pictures. Well, wouldn't you say that? that well, of course. you, pay, you got Is that pictures. stupid enough? It's a, it's a lovely thing. It, I would dare say that the comedy... Headshot. It needs to be. Comedy isn't about hiding anything. It's about you. This is it's the guy. It's about you. This. Is- <laughs> I know you're friends with Seinfeld, so this That's whole time good. I was like, I just want to do Seinfeld the That's whole time. Very, very you must. It's a good impression. Oh, thank you. I wasn't even really trying. I just like speaking like him. No, I know, but it's but. It- you it's know, fun. you just know something. It's a good. It's a good impression. Oh, thank you kindly. It's- let me let me let's talk a little bit about Seinfeld Jump. indirectly because I, one of the things I'd like to talk to you about is is kind of also indirectly related to the aristocrats mm. and Seinfeld. Oh, oh, fuck! George Costanza has hair now. Jason Alexander has hair now. By the way, are we aware of this? I I, I don't know what to say. I know he bought hair. Oh well, that. But that's fine. We, you know, he's also... This, he's, I don't know what to say. Yeah. The look on your face, it was such a genuine moment. It made me wish that this was a television show because I just, first of all, I geared up to ask you this big question and then I just go, by the way, Jason Alexander has hair and you go, I, 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 what? What do I do with that, Pete? What kind of show is that? You stumped the band. Ah, I don't even think there's a way to... That, that wasn't a stumping. It was just like the correct response is What? Yeah, I don't suddenly, know that, why you're telling suddenly me Suddenly, the other person gets to look at a wall and just blink. Yeah. And you become like Forrest Gump, where you turn away, you start blinking, and that's it. There's that's not, it. That's no the No information take. being take. taken in. Well, let me let me ask you the far more interesting he's question. He's an actor. By the way, he's, he's on Broadway. He's, he's, he's on the Broadway. And, he's, but he's... he's on Broadway. He, but, <laughs> but, I mean, he has... He's but we all had. know he's bald, though. In fact, he's but. one of the most celebrated... He's the spokesman of bald. If I were a bald man and Jake fucking George Costanza... What, Larry David next? These but. are icons. But remember, <laughs> take it easy. I'm going to talk you through it. Remember that sometimes in show business, mm. I would like, for instance, if certain people, of course, we know they're bald, but sometimes well, Hector Elizondo is bald, but for some in, for some parts, he'll put on a toupee. It works for them mm. and, and in certain things. And for instance, I wish... I think Kevin Costner has made a ton of really good movies. Kevin Costner. Yeah. And I was, look, he's been, he's a leading man. He's tall, slender, you know, iconic Sam Shepardy looks. Sure. And. Good reference. You know, just, you really chisel kind of, whoa, holy mackerel. That's yeah. a good, a solid 1925 Gary Cooper look. Yes, you know? sure. And so I would, if I were a friend, I would like to say, you know what, buddy? Get a, get a good. Hairpiece because, and here's the reason. Oh, does Kevin Costner have a hairpiece? What? No, he's but he's been thinning and thinning more yeah, and more. Yeah, sure. All I'm saying is, in movies, in my opinion, what I need in the movie is very often not the truth, but a better truth. When I need him to be what I'd like him to be, 
is not that why many bald men are handsome. That's not the point. In a movie, in film, I would like to see him with a full head of hair and a good hairpiece so that I can let myself go. And be like, it's that guy. And be taken away exactly by that guy. I think about that all the time. Uh, I'm going through a big Ryan Gosling phase right now. No problem. No problem. Board certified heterosexual. I love the movie Drive. Board certified. And he's this guy who doesn't talk. He, his apartment, his bed doesn't even have sheets on it. You know what I mean? He's just like a badass. He's like a James Dean kind of rebel who knows what he eats. You know, just like baloney out of the pack. We don't know what this guy's doing. Matches. He just eats matches. And then I'm like, but the actor himself, you know what I mean? I, I'm, let's, he's my age, so he might be on Propecia. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he he might use Rogaine. Like, he has a beautiful head of hair. He's a great... I, I know it sounds gay. I'm gay for Gosling. I don't give a fuck. But the thing is... That's is got like, to be on a sign. Gay for Gosling? Yes. It's on my set list. I have a bit about him. <laughs> but it's just kind of like I'm like the Hollywood Ryan Gosling that needs to work out a fuck ton. And, and the character, who's just a badass, those are very different things. But the vessel, the workout... Who knows what kind of dietitian he has, what kind of pills he's taking. There's nothing against these things. But to maintain this look, this kind of perfect James Deany sort of look, gay for Gosling, and then your character is a guy that's just like, I slept in the rain last night. You know what I mean? It's I like, do. No, you didn't. You had like some sort of magic bag over your hair to make it grow and thicken and whatever it is. But I agree completely that there are some actors and some characters and some images of actors that I want to be the way I, I want them, like that. Yeah, sure, yeah. I'm watching, I'm not watching about a guy I might know or might not know. I'm watching a character yeah. in a story that I really want to be good. Yeah. And that, I think that's a perfect example with Gosling. And in the case I mentioned, Gosling, you know, yeah. have a good If Gosling and, had a bald spot in Drive, you'd be like, fuck this. It's a condom right. and a porno. It's a deal breaker. Right. <laughs> Now, like, some, I do agree with that. But con- yes. Condiment Apuno is very funny, a deal breaker. Yeah, it's another stop it, folks. Uh, Try to, you, you know what? Maybe working on gangs would be a good idea for you. But that's exactly why they do these goofy things. And all over America and city councils, you know, that's exactly why. Why? Because they can't. There are two or three huge big ticket items that they'll never solve and know there's no solution are to. Are we talking about condoms now? Yeah, No, but that's why they say. That's why they make a thing. Well, we can't solve uh, drugs we can't protect kids we can't oh, see, see to it that maybe a couple of kids can learn to read and write we can't do any of that so yep. what we'll do is uh no mcdonald's near the school yeah okay you're absolutely right you can uh, solve the problem you can and control. then they have a big press conference and everyone nods gravely yeah and then you can see they're all thinking maybe the state senate next yeah that's all they are i'm become too cynical Let, regardless though yes. i love I, I love the images of these folks, and I love uh, – that's why I would like to see – The folklore, the myth of them. Yes. Let's have them be how we want them to Some be. Some of them. Some of them. Others of them. Your Giamatti's. Let's see how bad we can make Paul Giamatti. Well, also, by the way, that's a wonderful example. Great, great actor. He's wonderful in everything. Yeah, he's great. Also, though, just sometimes the presence is so strong. You think about Sean Connery over the last 40, 50 years or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, the presence is so strong. That guy needs nothing. Even in Hunt for Red October, I still didn't even think he needed a toupee. You know, yeah. the guy is just, he's Gibraltar. You know, just yeah, have him yeah, sit yeah. there yeah. and, uh, and uh, you know, and just And say, impregnate the audience, basically. <laughs> <laughs> he's just such a man. Well, that's, you know, that's actually a good image for it, though. Every yeah. star, I'm not talking about actors or working actors. I've been lucky I work, you know. My, my my by the way, as a character, my definition of character actor is anyone in the movie not kissing Renee Zellweger. Ah. So that's how you know. But 
regardless... The other guys are just being themselves a little bit more, you think? Yeah. yeah with sure. stars, there's really something at stake. I want the star stakes. Each one is different, and each one needs to be defined differently. Yeah. And I would like... Yeah, I'd like... Ryan Gosling is you know, great the way he is. Let him keep going that way. Yeah. I'd like to see... Just, just my opinion. I'd like to see Kevin Costner put a, a, a good hairpiece on for parts because I want him to be that guy. Yeah. So I can see him in stories like right. that. Well, uh, Jeremy Piven is uh, one of the more famous hair reconstruction people. You know what? And, that, looks and great. it looks great. He, exactly. It looks great. I'm not putting it down. Because I'm not buying him I I don't want to see Ari Gold being like, fuck yourself, like with, you know, uh, it's just not the, right for the character. Exactly right. And I it's wonder- not, you know, it's also not right for the character of Jeremy Piven, the celebrity Jeremy Piven. That's right. You know what I mean? Like him yes, and life, do. it doesn't fit him. But he's also not a comedian. Not in the strictest sense, but you know what? Everything you said is correct because each presence, each star, each really prominent person in their world like that needs to be defined differently. Mm-hmm. I agree with everything you said about Jeremy. And I love, I love the guy. I worked with him. You know, he's, he's like, a, he's a brother again. Yeah, Meaning sure. that, you know, it's sort of within the family. Secret handshake. Yeah, it's within the, within the, yeah, yeah. within the family. I, yeah. I will always, uh, I, you know, he can, he can do no wrong to me. I feel like we could talk about this forever. I'm going to bring us back to my first comedy question for you, which I said I prophesied would relate to the aristocrats, prophesied, uh, very early prophecy, and then uh, Seinfeld and all this sort of stuff. Is uh, The aristocrats, of course, is a filthy joke that you tell. Uh, not you. I just mean one tells. Right. Uh, actually, my theory on the aristocrats now is if you want to tell a joke that's offensive to comedians, it has to be racial. You can't say, and she's drinking the diarrhea. Nobody gives a fuck. They won't wake up at all. You have to be like, these two Chinamen. Come. You know what I mean? And now you'll be like, ooh, ooh, that's the only way to do it these days. The movie wouldn't get made. Uh, but this is what I want to talk about is you and Seinfeld and Riser. I know this is like your crew, right? A little bit. Your comedy crew. Pardon me, sure. Yeah, right? Uh when I watch you doing stand-up, you have some of that leanness to your writing. You're, uh, I can feel you writing it. All, all, you know I'm a fan. None of this is a... Uh, I got you. It's, you know it, what I mean. You're, present, you're presenting it. Seinfeld is presenting his material. He's doing... I can feel him writing it. I can feel him moving that word. I can feel him when he pauses and he does this part sing-song and he goes, and that would have to cause me to drop everything. I feel him rehearsing that and I feel him nailing it. And it's a delight. It's a delight watching you nail it on Letterman. You, you've gotten the late night thing down, and it's a delight watching Seinfeld. It, I actually was watching clips of you, and it led to some like old 1970s Seinfeld, and I was laughing my ass off at both of them. It's a delight. What I want to talk about, though, is that is that one type of comedy. It's the right side of the brain. We're writing. We're presenting. We're rehearsing. We're performing. How do you feel – now the, the way I'm hearing you talk now, comedy seems to be leaning that way. In that, you got your Louis C.K.'s and such. You got your Bill Burr's. You got your Greg Fitzsimmons. You got these guys that just go up and will speak and write from stage, and there's no presentation to it. They can just go up and be like, whatever. I have an itchy asshole. A Louis C.K., then Dane Cook bed. But, you know, they both have that bed. I'm not getting into that. What, is your, what are your thoughts? Are you evolving into that? Or are you sticking with this kind of presentational right side brain thing? There's a hard and clear answer on this and it's just two words what if you if we just got struck by lightning we never hear <laughs> and here are the two words here it is it depends it depends meaning hit me there's nothing i love more a 5 minute shot on a letterman is a very specific thing mm. it's a different between 
Well, some people run the 100-yard dash and some run marathons. Some people – there's a different energy for the 400-meter. Everything is different. Right. Well, I like to do all of them. So when I'm preparing a talk show shot, there's nothing I like better than getting every segue has to be right. If you're right, if your words are right and yeah. you stitch everything together in a five-minute shot, each segue – for people out there, a segue, the worst segues – would be if you just said after a bit or a line, if you just said, and it's the same at airports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sure. the worst, sure. where it's obvious you're just, whoa, changing that train track way right, over. Right, And in fact, you lose 80% of the energy of the set you've been building. But if you find the right lines going up, see, this the right is you, lines I see that, you polishing and sanding a boat, basically. Pal, when you're talking this way, I see you sanding a boat. Exactly right. <laughs> or the, the image I, but the image I usually use is like a sculptor where you go tink, 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 then you step back about 10 feet, then you walk back up yeah. and go tink, 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 yeah. which, by the way, is exactly what brought us together mm -hmm. before that Letterman shot in comics. Exactly right. Mm -hmm. Up until the last second. Boop. And... Sorry, but I was so so. That's just one thing, though. Yeah, I want that. That's as shiny, the depends. The, exactly. We're talking about putting together a late night spot. That's right. one skill that's set one, that you have. Exactly right. So I want that boat, that that credenza, that that shoe to be as shiny mm -hmm. and as good as it can be. And I still bring. It doesn't mean it's two dimensional. I still bring sure. every ounce of. Whatever I am, my persona through that. But Seinfeld that. does that too. When when he's performing, we're see we're getting a sense of him. Another person couldn't really do it. Exactly like right. We're feeling him do it, and now, we're feeling you do it. The, but uh, we're also not necessarily getting to know Seinfeld. Like I, I feel like if I were to talk to Jerry, I'm going to call. But him wait Jerry. a minute. Wait, wait. wait. Yeah, okay. Forgive me though. That's please. But that's also that's in your talk with him for today. I want to. I want to just say now. Yeah. That's one kind because yeah. this is an important question. Another kind is all the Christopher Guest movies are improv. Well, that's that's actually on the paper. Well, and <laughs> I, I was like, you can go really loose. You can let the reel out, or you can do these like really pristine Letterman spots. The result, though, in a way, is exactly the same. The result is you're still a storyteller, and you're still bringing what you have. Mm -hmm through your belly button out to an audience, whether it's through a screen or not. And that's completely improv. I just had a part in something I think that just finished last week, I think could be the best thing I've ever done. It's wonderful director, Michael Polish, who's done great movies like Astronaut Farmer with Billy Bob Thornton. He works with great casts, mm -hmm. Norfolk and Twin Falls, Idaho. And he has a movie called uh, called Hotbot now. And it's got a good cast. And I, and I love this part. Somebody fell out. So something that happens again. Every career is different. Somebody fell out, like a big, a far bigger guy than me, just mm -hmm. fell out at the last second. So I'm thrilled. The point is, he works with people, and he likes to say, "Go, go, go." Right. And this is my meat. I adore it. Now that's also on a set. So th that's just for you're talking parts. about go like improvise, right. have fun, stretch just it out, be real, be grounded like an oak. Don't be fanciful. Don't just say things for the sake of saying them. Right. But through the through the acting, go. That seems like the same thing Christopher Guest might say. Right. Now, on the other side of that, I've been – it's another thing. It depends. I was in a Neil Simon play on Broadway with it, but the first time was an ast astonishing experience called The Dinner Party. Mm -hmm. And, uh, in fact, uh, John Lovitz helped me get that part, and it was a wonderful experience. The reason I'm bringing it up is every comma, every syllable mm. – 
that's him. It's like doing a mammoth play or something. I was just going to say, every like mammoth, every it stammer. Is, I, I, but you, wait, you mean ah. I, I can do that. I can, I can. Yeah. And so when you hear it all put together by a good actor and then it's like the jazz editing, oh, it's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So he has, Neil Simon and Mamet have not only the right to say, that's the artist. So that makes that perfect too. That's what I mean by it depends. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons I love podcasting so much is that the thoughts I have and the storytelling I do knits together. You know, we put on some good talking muscle, but it should sound like this today, which is why I said it's nourishing. It flows. It'll be a hunk of time in people's lives that won't be bilking them with right. cheap energy. Right. It will actually, if it's good, and it is, it will actually be making them think, you know what? That was an hour well spent. Right. I don't feel as if I've just been flipping around on something right. and watched an infomercial. Right. I, and so it wasn't fast food, we hope. Right. So that's another situation. So yeah. That's why the answer is Look it you. depends. You're doing everything, though. You're doing every all word, the different things. You're every sculpting. word shiny yeah. or every word, it doesn't make but one better than the other. What kind of stand-up are you doing these days? When you go on stage, are you doing the well-written sort of uh, presentational? That sounds like such a cold term, but you know what I mean. No, I do know what you mean. Okay. The answer is it depends. Depends on where you are? And what the moment is. I have this show now, one-man show called Cocktails with Larry Miller, mm-hmm. which has a music in it. And it's a different, as you know, as people I think understand, the, there's a difference between pure stand-up, say, in a five-minute shot, or even in a special. Which is which stand up, which I adore, which I'm steeped in, and a one man show. The, the the difference is like between the flute and the trumpet. Hmm. It's it, they both sound nice, but it's completely different. So one man show is sets, costume, thinking, talking. The texture is different. I couldn't do and wouldn't do some of the pieces from that show on Letterman. It would be the exact wrong place, or in a comedy club. Right. It's right for theaters. It's right in its presentational way. You're honoring the joke. Right, putting it where it wants to go. And joke, it's funny you use that word because joke to me is such a deep, honorable word. It's such an important word. I agree. It's not a lighthearted, frivolous thing. It's a joke. Joke, I I use joke to describe, I may have one story... That's 40 minutes long. And to me, that's a joke. It's a, it's a yeah, bit. Yeah. That joke. Yeah, that skiing joke you do. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Th- I love thinking that way. Yeah, so yeah. joke is a deep word for me. Yeah. And it honors that one joke. Last weekend, I was away after, after doing this part. And I have to underline again, I don't want this to sound like, because too many actors and too many performers have a very self-satisfied look or they lean back on the in the uh, star position yeah. on a talk show and they say, well, yes, we uh, finished that and then uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we went on. I wasn't sure if I wanted to do that part. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, or passed. they describe a character and they say, I liked him. Yeah. And you always want to say him. Ugh, you know what? It's yeah. you with an accent. And yeah. by the way... The and ex- a cigarette. Yeah, and you know what? The accent wasn't good. Uh, a couple of weeks with a dialogue coach, maybe that would have been yeah. a good idea. But Splurge. So when I say, though, I don't want this to sound like it's very important to me. I don't, in my whole life, and I feel like the luckiest guy in the world. I don't want this to sound like, well, I well, I finished that part, and then, yeah, we, yeah. then no, we took you're, the you're, show to you're Vermont. Pret- you're pretension-free. Speak freely. Frank. Well, uh, so what I mean is, though, <laughs> each one of those things is deep and important. And I went to do... Each theater is different. Each theater is as different as each conversation. The room, the structure of the theater. Ah, that's beautiful. Sometimes it's warmer, as you know. You say to people, you know, and I bet a lot of folks out there know, 
Cold is comedy. Comedy needs cold. Yep. If it's suddenly, if it's 80 degrees in that room, it doesn't matter whether there are 300 people or 3,000, it's death. You can knock off, you know, uh, three quarters of the whole show of mm-hmm. the effect. Mm-hmm. And so whatever the room is like, if it's hot, if it's small, if it's large, if the sound is not good, as you know, there's such basic things. They yes. need to see you and they need to hear you. Yeah. And if the sound is not good, then I might choose ways uh, the pacing is different and i might do longer pieces that don't demand so much of the audience yeah i did an early show a matinee saturday in new york so a terrific place in in queens good queens theater and i and i by the way this follows my principle of plugging jobs after i've done them yeah but, <laughs> but come the, see me last saturday so it's people it's before <laughs> dinner but it's a saturday there were some older folks there and you know what they're, they're, they're tired they're relaxed they're watching you they're not going to be howling. So what you do is instead, I like to do, it's a craft aspect to me. It's a yeah. challenge. You call an audible. Right. And so how do I get to still love entertaining these people yeah. and not feel... And was, not force something on them that they don't right. want to do. And I said to Pat, as the producer afterwards, he said, good show. I said, let me tell you something. I think that was one of the best shows I've done in a couple of years because there are very few people, and I love being someone who can go out... Do that show. Not only do the music and hit the beats, but then change gears. Yeah, it's, it's well, like, like you that. said, it's a conversation. It's a dialogue. It's happening live. It's growing in front of your eyes. Right. So that's, in a sense, improv. I may go from bit to bit, but it's like the fighter pilot. You know, you've got the seven gears, seven yeah. things with your hands, yeah. and you've got the pedals, and you're yeah. working, and you're flipping around. Right. And I was thrilled with that show, even though... Right. You didn't destroy. Right. Even so, someone else might have said, well, a little, uh, little quiet. Right. You know what? Well, be, let That's them be so what they are. That's yeah. another lesson for people like us. Let the audience do what they're doing. Yeah. Sometimes. Well, it's, there's a great Stephen Wright quote where he's like, uh, they would do stand-up in like uh, discotheques, basically, and, and they stop the music, oh. <laughs> and they'd just be like, and now comedy's happening. So these people who came to dance, and he was like, it's like, it's like a uh, jet engine drops in your living room, and you expect people to applaud. You know what I mean? So, like, noticing, it's such an important thing, what you're speaking to. It's so beautiful is the idea that you're like, they're coming to this conversation, this dialogue with something. Maybe their meal's being interrupted. Maybe they're tired. Maybe it's hot. Whatever it is. And it's your job as the – I was going to say magician because it feels like magic. It's your job as the comedian to gauge. Take all these different temperatures, the room, the sound, the, the vibe, the feeling. How do you feel artistically? What, what do you want to say? How are you going to say it? There's a great principle. I, I read in a book actually. I think it was uh, Jay Sankey wrote this book. And he was talking about you can't always go for home run derby. Like there's some there. I was at the Laugh Factory last night. It was home run derby. It was the best. Slow pitches over the plate. We're cracking them. Up. It was amazing. Then there's some crowds where you're like, just base hits. Let's just get on base. You know what I mean? Just like just get to first because there's no way you're going to hit a home run. That's what it sounds like That's you were doing. Exactly right. Sometimes if the grass is a little thick in the infield, yeah, lay down a bunt. Lay down a bunt with Larry for, Miller, your for, second one-man even show. Even for a base hit, yeah, that second <laughs> one-man show. And they, they uh, so. I, I think all of that is dramatically uh, true, by the way. Let the audience do what they want. It comes back to it depends. And by the way, as soon as you said disco, we yeah. see the great thing about, again, the uh, our thing yeah. is that there's nothing you've done that I haven't. There's nothing I have that you haven't. Yeah. Anytime someone says, when you said Stephen Wright described me, well, it was a you know, yeah, disco scene. Oh, yeah. I just yeah. started laughing. Right. Because we all have done some version of that. Oh, Oh, please. Uh, yeah. 
We've been in restaurants where they interrupt the meal and go, you didn't know comedy was happening, but here it is. And then the MC, of course. that's all he said and brings you up. And you're like, I'm so sorry. That's what I would do now. If I were to go up in that situation now, I'd be like, I am so sorry. This is horrible. So I'm, you, you know, and, but in a funny way, make fun of how exactly weird right. it was. Whereas back in those days, I, I, was, uh, I would just go up and be like, uh, it's weird that electric eels exist. Exactly right. Just try and get them when to there's what? Nothing, there's, a, there's such a – it's like the cone of silence is plexiglass between you. And sometimes all you need to do to, well, lift the cone of silence yep. is to say, I know you're eating. Yeah. And believe me. Neither of us is happy about this. Oh, but Larry, if you just work with me, I, we can both get out of here and get home. Can I just say one of the most heartbreaking things ever I, I, I did? I may have said this on the show. I don't give a fuck. I did a show in Chicago. I'd been in Chicago for three years, and then I invited all my friends to come to this show, and I went up and I just did my act. I didn't like say thanks for coming. I didn't go, this is my best friend Aaron. He came from Ohio. I just went up and literally was like, I saw this road sign that says caution falling rocks. The fuck are you doing? What are you doing? You can't you can't ignore what's happening. You can't perform in a restaurant where they didn't know there was no comedy and not acknowledge it. You know what I mean? But I spent, like I don't know, five, six, seven years doing bad comedy like that. I know. Still hurts me. Again, who are you talking to? A brother. There, exactly. There is. Uh, this is why it's like the club just for tap dancers. Yeah. But <laughs> I believe that tap dancers probably get together and speak very – have you ever been – oh, like a mat floor? They want us to perform on a mat floor. And then I walk – yeah, I walk out. It was a concrete floor. No! Oh, oh no! Yes. He did a creeter. He did a creeter. That's what they call them. They call them creeters. I'm, I would love to get some tap dancers on the show if you know of anybody. Let's, let's keep this weird. Where are we, Katie, time-wise? Okay. I See, I'm getting better at hosting because I was like, you haven't held up a sign, and yet I feel like it's about 55 minutes. What a lovely Let thing. me just add quickly. Oh, yeah, please. I don't want to cut you off. I just was trying no, to No, no, no. Not moving. on the last topic. Oh. That's another thing I love that I think is such a big strength of what we're doing now in podcasting. It's part of the authenticity of the voice. Yep. When people trust your voice and the show you've been putting on, it's not only allowable, it's perfect that yeah. you just said, Katie, where Actually, are we? Because How it's funny is it that them, we were just talking about that? Yeah, It's saying to them, you know what? I love what I'm doing, but we have a limit here, and I'm not going to try and look slick. I'm not going <laughs> to glance off camera and say, well, you know what? And then hey, hear the band strike up as you yeah, see, it's so yeah, nice we had yeah. this time together. Well, that, well that's what, that actually was what I was going to put to you about Seinfeld, is the type of presentational comedy that sort of the way that a comedian gets the light and acknowledges it by nodding his head slightly upward towards the club manager, you know what I mean? Like the the slickness, the not asking Katie where we are in the time, the uh, presentational style can keep us out a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, whereas in podcasting, what we're talking about is there is no slickness, there is no, there's less showmanship to it. So when I when I look at guys like you and Seinfeld doing these late night sets, I go, are they really letting us in? And I'm I'm not I'm sure you get that all the time. I get it with TJ. No, TJ all the time. I mean, like I want you to speak for Jerry. I don't. I want to talk to you. No, it's. It, but again, it depends. Is such a deep phrase if you think about it. Yeah. What I look to do, I all I know is me. All you know is you. Here's what I look to do on those shots: is to get it good, get it to where it's all stitched together, and then. Breathe the breath of life into it. I can do it 15 or 20 times just to run the words and go crack, crack, crack and get it out there mm-hmm. and then shine it up and breathe life into it and then get to a point 
the time I met you where I'm willing to take it all apart again. Yeah. Because each thing is a step. If you have enough time, you know, for the last shot I did, it came in actually just three or four days before, and I had some thoughts. I knew some hunks. My wife is also a pro. She's a she's a, an executive producer. She's, she's great. She's a show business family. Showbiz. She's a television writer. She's on uh, Shake It Up on uh, the Disney Channel. Now. Oh, fun. But the point is... She knew. I said, "Well, I don't know. Should I take this date, or should I offer another one in uh, this?" But it's the it's the, this week of the, the prima, whatever it is. And she said to me, it's, "It's plenty of time." I said, "Well, normally I like to." And she said, "You know what? If you had to do one in an hour, you'd do it, right? And it would be great, right?" And I looked at her and said something like, "Get a load of you knowing me so well, ah. because that's exactly right." The first thing you and I think when a, a, when a talk show calls is it doesn't matter what the date is. The first thing we think is, all comics think is, I have nothing. There's nothing there, <laughs> and I can't do it because there's nothing. <laughs> and then that's 10 minutes. Then you stop and say, all right, I have something. Yeah. And then you start. It's sort of like the end of a beautiful, beautiful movie, that Awakening with Robin Williams and yeah. Robert De Niro, a Penny uh-huh. Marshall movie where he's Her so where he disturbed. Goes, Mama, it makes me Ra- cry Oh, it's time. crazy. It's yeah. so gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just want to digress for a second since I brought it up because I'll get back to the point. I had a yes. chance to work with Penelope Ann Miller on something who I adore not only as an actress. And I said, you have two of the greatest moments I've ever seen. And one was when she dances with him in the yes. cafeteria in Awakenings. Good Lord. And just her Oof. life and her beauty. But it's all through acting. This is about to get real. Oh, it's, it's gorgeous. <laughs> but what I mean is what I mean is at the very end of the movie – where he's back in the in the trance in the fugue state mm-hmm. when he's back down there, but the character that Robin Williams was playing, the doctor says, if you remember the very last line of the movie, he's, he puts his hand on the pen and he puts it on the paper, and the last line is, "Okay, let's begin." And yeah, I it's remember. So yeah. hopeful, it just gave me a tingle. Not be, yeah. you know, just to yeah, remember yeah, yeah. a beautiful moment. So I feel that way yeah. about everything we do. Whether it's a talk show shot after you go through the craziness of, uh, you know, I have nothing. Okay, I have something. Well, what happens then? Oh, and then the, you're dancing Let's, with your mom on Letterman, and then you're back in the fugue state at the end, and you're right. beginning. Let's begin. Ah, what are you, uh, some sort of poet man? <laughs> All I am is, I'm here with you today. Oh, you're doing great. And uh, so it's very these. That's why these things, all performing, is so deep to me. Yeah. The effect is pleasure, but every time someone says about us, about comics, about comedy in general, whether it's movies, TV, stand-up, anything, every time someone says, uh, and now uh, for the lighter side, that's yeah. why there's no Oscars usually for comedies, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be- you know, and now there's uh, something changed, move a little on the lighter side. Yeah. I don't say it, but to you or in the family, I can say, that always bugs me because yeah, yeah, yeah. when comedy's good, it's actually... A deeper storytelling; it Ooh. has its own wisdom, yeah. and so there's nothing lighter about it. Only, only idiots would say that. Right? Ha! That's true. I think that's true. I think there are, there are some profound territories being covered. Let's talk about your wife. There, there's actually two topics that we cover in the back, the back nine of the show, which is where we are right now. <laughs> is uh, wait, you, hang you, on a second. Do you mean at 58 we have another hour? No. Do you mean to tell me? Because I was already starting to uh, just, you know, say... Uh, Mentally. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, buckle your seatbelts. We're on our descent now. Uh, and, uh, well, yeah, we can we can descend. It, dep- it depends on how... No, 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 you how, tell me. It depends on... Well, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show is because uh, you are uh, Jewish and you're mm. a... Uh, uh, I don't even know how to say it. I, somebody told you, me you might be religious. Well, this is the way I think of that. I have a sense, and this is no baloney... 
This also <laughs> falls into the. I'm serious. But I know, this is but no baloney. I've never had a man point at me and with like a look like I'm about to drop something real and go, "This is no baloney." What I mean, what I mean is, what I was going to say was though, is that because now I'm I'm in gear. Yeah. What I was going to say was, this gets back to me saying I never naysay anything, and the best thing I've ever learned how to say in my life is, you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. I really don't know anything, especially in the largest questions in life. Right. But it's my guess. It's my feeling that there's something more than just we're rocks and wood. That mm-hmm. there's something more than I'm not being coy now either. You're talking about I don't on have a any gut faith level. necessarily in particular structures when you talk about well this whole group does this, but that there's a million years ago and there's a million years from now and something is something. Now, with that said, it is no difficulty for me at all when I wake up in the morning and I did this, look, take kids to school. If I get across anything to them, you know, and I say to to them, you know, isn't this gorgeous today? Well, Dad, it's raining. I'm saying that, though. In the rain, isn't it gorgeous? And I always think I cannot believe I get another chance at this, whether it's a talk show shot or another day. Every day feels like the world completely brand new. Yeah. And what you do and I do and everyone out there does, it's brand new. So I have a, I have no problem, no problem looking up and saying, you know what? Thank you. I have no understanding. Now, is it a guy with a beard? No, it's, that's idiotic. On the other hand... We could all probably do a lot worse than the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. Yeah. Now, by the way, as far as that goes, I read something where someone had said to me that Michelangelo was gay, and I said, well, of course he was. And uh, they said, you know, people bristle at all things anyway. People are out of their minds sometimes. <laughs> but uh, I said, well, I said, why, why do you think he's – because someone had written that he was gay. I said, well, I think he is. Well, why do you think he is? I said, all right, think of the Sistine Chapel, first of all. Yeah. As God. Very muscular. Yeah, looking good. Full head of hair. Nice. Yeah, very nicely sculpted beard, God, right? God abs. Right? He, and he's and he's reaching. He's very focused. You got abs yeah. again. Very, very powerful man. Not yeah. overly worked out. Yeah, yeah. Not like Ooh. Schwarzenegger. He knows what to in do. In the movies. He, he knows, knows when to pump the brakes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, right. He doesn't he knows do it. too much. No yeah, steroids. Yeah, yeah, all no, natural. No, 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 all natural. But if, if not him, who? And he's reaching out to Adam. Very handsome. Adam. Again, 18, 19. Heterosexual man, but that's a good-looking Adam. That's a good-looking Adam. That's a good-looking Adam. And he's uh, smooth-skinned, no hair. Smooth. Very sort of, smooth. Uh, in a time, let's point out, he's painting him in a time that most people weren't that manscaped. And 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 light brown hair, very handsome, very Good-looking Adam. We're and all picturing God's him. Re- and how is Adam reading, reaching back to God? Kind of like, effeminately. Yeah. And so, you know, I said, <laughs> I think, what's wrong with you? Why is it so hard to believe yeah. that the greatest artists yeah. of the 16th century were gay? So, at any rate, plus, where's Eve? There's no Eve. No Eve. You know, Can't you know, be bothered. No, Eve. We don't is, need it. Is she Eve. anywhere else in the ceiling? Uh, is, she in the, is she in the coat room? No. Nope. Behind the fuse box? Yeah, she's eating apples with the serpent. Bad skin, frizzy hair? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> There's just a, a stick person, Eve, with like gross boobs. Ugh. But it's funny. People as, as, you know, get, get, get nuts about all sorts of things sure. instead of saying, you know what? That's another thing. Whether it's comedy or anything else, how can you ever beat anything in life as a principle than live and let live? You know what? Yeah. I just don't get it. Well, love your so, neighbor, love God. That's I what Jesus swear, said. I swear. I that's So that's what I mean. When it comes to, I have great complaints with this or that or these folks or that or structures where people are rigid about this in any religion. So what I, what, what I am is someone who has no fear. My 
my sense is that there's something out there. Yep. And my sense is that it's good to connect to. Is it connecting it to in a servile way? I don't think that necessarily, but I love saying, you know what? I think my parents are still there somewhere, somehow, and I and I still get to think of them and all my friends who've, who've, who've passed on. Uh, I know a lot of people think, no, that's it, and then it you're se- in the box and that's that. It seems to me, though, as e- even as I hear you saying that, you're open to the idea, correct me if I'm wrong, both that your parents' spirits are somehow still with us, right. communicating with you, or, or, not. Or, or not, or it's your brain. They are existing in the sense that they exist in your brain. That's right. And by the way, it's okay to – Mark Helper, a beautiful book called Winter's Tale, wrote something, just a line I remember, just a fragment I remember that that whether there is or there isn't, it's still okay. It's still all good. This is all still worth yeah. it. And I absolutely believe that. Do I know anything? No. That's what led me to write something, by the way. I have a chunk in this show that I love writing. It's just the start. I'm not going to do a bit for you now. Mm-hmm. But I love saying that – and it's just the texture of the bit saying that, look, whether you, whether you believe in anything or not, the first 10 minutes after life will be really interesting. Yeah. And then because I believe that of saying it's the only thing I can think of, we all find out one way or the other. Yeah. No one doesn't find out. There's a weird unifying thought about that. But you know what's weird, Larry, and I'm delighted in uh, your telling of it. I actually, it actually made me wish I was your kid being dropped off when you're going like, look, it's rainy and it's beautiful. And I'm like, yay, that sounds wonderful because you're what you're presenting Well, they to think me, I'm nuts, remember. I'm sure your kids hate you. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I am hearing you say that you uh, will die and will find out. And as you're saying it, your face is lighting up and you're kind of excited about it, whereas me, uh, you know, I, I lost the uh, structures of my faith only like four years ago, basically. So I, I was very uh, literal kind of Bible guy. And then four years ago, started questioning things and, and re, uh, rearranging the room. And still, when I think about death and finding out the other side, this thing that's delighting you and, and kind of lighting up your imagination, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? I feel fear. And I know a lot of people that feel fear because sure. they go... What if it's some sort of you fucked up? You shouldn't have been a comedian. What was that stuff you said? What was that stuff you did? You had uh, too much sex, too much drugs, too much drinking, too much this, too much that. You uh, were gay for the painting of Adam. That's one of my favorite paintings, and you were gay for it. I, that we, of have, we have it on a podcast. Can we play but, that? But don't you understand? I have no fear anyway. I would be whatever I would be. If I wanted to, when I was 18, if I wanted to kiss a man, I would have kissed a man. Mm. And you know what? I not only have no problem with that then, but I would have had no problem with it now. Mm-hmm. But that's all this thing again of live and let live. Just relax. But I, I also, I hear you when you say that there's there's some fear. If you don't have some sense, I'm still going to be afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of all sorts of things. But, but it didn't seem like you were afraid of that. That was kind but, of inspiring. But that's as a as a friend where we get to know each other better now, then that's frankly nice to hear because that it means something. I did something unconsciously. Maybe I do have a, a sense that there – and you can't prove this stuff, but I like knowing that I'm – look, I may be wrong, but my senses, my guesses – and I'll bet a lot of folks out there – some folks like you doesn't – see me, I don't define it, see, as losing – I lost this. I lost that. I think it's just a readjustment. I think some of the wisest people in the world, the ones, a lot of folks I don't trust are, you know, you know trust may be too, the wrong word, but everyone who says, absolutely there is. Yeah. I know it. Yeah. Well, you know what? You're just a guy like me. Uh, I'm not sure that how is you adulthood. know anything. That's adulthood right there. You go, you're just like me. You're, you're another guy like me. 
Yeah. Just and so my guess is, my feeling is, my instinct is, yeah, there really is. Unless, as you say, is it in my head? It might be. Yeah. But I'm okay with saying, I'm going to get up every day, say thanks, and try and do the live that day and squeeze every yeah. drop so that I've earned. If I have a drink later tonight yeah. at home and everyone's in bed yes. and that everyone home safely, I've earned that drink and I can sit with the book in the living room and read because I have to because my wife will be watching a show I can't watch. I can't watch. I understand. Some but sort of housewife. Can't do it. Yeah. No, no she's a smarter... Again, no, not writer. your wife. I meant the show. Yeah, the she's writer, watching the smartest housewives. woman I know. But yeah, she likes things that I say. I, I'll kill myself. I understand. I can't do it. Yeah. And then I'll find out the big answer sooner than I want. Yeah. What are you living the dream? This that, that was amazing. I was so stirred by what you just said. Well, that's, they're very meaningful. But again, that's why I love podcasting because talking to you like this, yeah. I hear these things. I'm right or wrong, but I hear these things like the first time myself. They say these things. I well, there's there's a conditioning to it. Actually, I've been conditioning my own feelings about death. I've been flying a lot lately, and every time I fly, I think about the Bill Cosby bit. He gets on the plane and goes, people pretend like they're not thinking about it, but not me. When I get on the plane, I go, hope it don't crash. That's what he does. <laughs> it's a great Bill Cosby bit, and that's part of that's part of the examined life. It's like, what are we thinking about? Can we think about death? Can we start to condition the way that we look at it? And not have fear. And there are some days when I get really good at it. I'm like, if I were to die now, I think I would be like, and away we go. Let's see what this is about. And then there are some days that I'd be like, oh God, if I get up there and it's and it's a pearly gate and Jesus looks mad at me, I'm gonna I'm gonna shit my pants. Yeah. By the way, or you'll get to say one of my favorite punchlines of all jokes. The classic. If you see an angry look, the classic. Let me finish. Ah. <laughs> one of the greatest old jokes of all time. You say that to St. Peter? Or yeah, yeah, that's right. You can hold a finger up and just say, first of all, I know. Ah, second of I'm all. I'm with you. I'm with you. Second of all, there's no problem here. And this is all good between us. That's actually. What I need is just a minute because here's what I was thinking. All right. Yes, and that's exactly how I feel. If 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 uh, or God or somebody was like, by the way, forgive me. No, we're fine. No, but that's we, why we, comedy. We can, we can wrap it up. No, 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 we're fine. That's <laughs> why I had to check because look, yeah, I, I, look, I'm picking curtain. up the kids. I'm taking one one place, one the other. Sure. And so you know what? If it if it were time to go, I'd go. But I love that. That's why comedy is deep to me because it's a way like art. Like the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. Go it's into a way it. of explaining comedy like sculpture. Comedy is a way of explaining existence. In a, exactly. In yeah. a contemporary speech pattern and with a with a comedy twist to it. Yeah. As if everything becomes uh, like a mundane conversation. Yeah. If someone's looking I've imagined I don't know the context I'm gonna use this yet, of that if there's a big judgment like a desk, I see it like a civil servant's desk in a room with blinds, yeah. and you're sitting in there in the Professor Kelp chair, which is lower, uh. and you're just waiting, and then uh, God comes. It's like a God. It's like a physical thing comes yeah. in. There's a file on your desk. It just opens it up. There's silence for about four minutes. Of course. Opens it up. He's reading. He's got the glasses. Looks over the glasses a couple of times at you, and then at one point just takes the glasses off and say, 
let me explain something to you. Uh... Or the other way that he just says, first of all, by the way, don't be nervous because you can, you can tell me. I'm going to ask you about a couple of things. You can tell me. And then it changes. Then he says, now, as you can imagine, I've heard just about everything. Uh, of course. So you know what? But don't be nervous because, after all, maybe you have something I haven't heard. Oh. So why don't you just start telling me? Oh, God. And I'll sit back here, and you tell me. Yes. And then you'd just be, oh, boy, this is... Uh... I think that's when we just go, what we've been saying this whole podcast is, I don't know anything. By the way, that just put the might just down. be, if that's ever real, that might be just a great answer. And I think that's the beginning how... of enlightenment. That, that's I, There are parables that I've read where it's like the beginning of knowledge is to admit that you know nothing and well, all that sort of stuff. That's the way I I feel. think that's the only defense. Well, you said that was just so beautiful. It was if, if uh, Jesus or God, when I died, was like... Uh, I'd be like, man, I agree. I, I, right. I could have done better. But with for uh, people like us, with the comedy twist of, let me finish. Yeah. And then. I'd be like, please, at least we made some people laugh. Didn't that bring you uh, any joy to watch your creation by way, laugh? By the way, I really think it does. And it, you were just reminded me of when uh, Richard Pryor was first burned, when he first exploded. Yes. There and burned and put him out, right? And put out the fire, and he was, of course, he's in shock and yeah. he's so deeply injured. For those of you listening, that literally happened. Richard Pryor was on fire. We're not talking about like oh lord, his career. If, I'm, if you don't free know that, base, sorry, right? yeah. And it was, but whatever it was, he was on fire. And I remember reading that he had said he was saying to himself, he's saying out loud or to the universe or to God or something. Right. He was just saying it's like a kind of prayer. He was just saying. Haven't I made enough people laugh? Ha. Uh, and Ooh, that's terrifying. And it's deep. <laughs> it's deep and, and kind of scary to get a glimpse into what was clearly a pure line into what he was thinking in that terrifying right. moment. But I think there is, if there is some kind of after and some kind of judgment. Well, that's I'm the a, Sam Kinison thing, too, when I'm he was just going to yeah, say. when he was I'm doing. just going to yeah, say. Weird. That's the one I was going to bring yeah. up. Because he's in a car accident. The kind of a conversation line there. It looks yeah, fine. Yeah. And then, well, you, you tell it that. It's just well, so he, moving. His friend came over, and he, and he, wasn't he saying, not yeah. why, not now, not now? Yeah, but no, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Uh, not now. And then, and then his face changed. His face changes. He says, oh, okay. Okay. No, all right. Yeah. And that, again, yeah, to me. On. What is this? That's, wow, I'm just tingling hearing I that. Know. So to me, these things. I could be wrong, but I get a sense that those are not untrue stories. I get yeah. a sense that something – I've started writing something that, that hasn't come together yet that uh, what we all want and what we all settle for in mm. terms of the end mm -hmm. of life, what we all want is you're 103 and everyone's fine. They're all around your bed. You're dying in bed. You're about to pass away. Kids, grandkids, great-grandchildren, you know, friends, everybody, wife, everybody's fine. No pain. Yeah. No pain. Yeah, yeah, just slip into and, it. And you're perfectly awake and aware, and then just as you're starting to get a little scared again, the actual heaven opens up, and God comes down and says, just for you, I have to let you know, it's all real, don't worry. And <laughs> see, everybody is here, just for you, though. I've never done this before. Just for you. Well, thanks. That relaxes me so much. I don't so want much. you to have to worry. So I'm just I'll saying, see you in five minutes. Right. It's real. Goodbye. So I'm just saying, they can't see me, by the way. Just you. Yeah. And I'll see you in five. Wow, that's great. Thank you. Please, oh. please. And then it's gone so that you... Now, that's what you want. Yeah. Okay. That's not going to happen. So how about 93, some pain, 
but everyone's still around the bed. And some pain. You don't know, right? Yeah. Some, a little pain. A little pain. But not like crazy yeah, bad cancer sprinkle. pain or something. Sprinkle. Just a sprinkle. You, oh, that's like a bad back of, yeah. oh, I can't. I know I'm uncomfortable in this position. Yeah, sure. And some pain. And no, there's no, the heavens don't open, but you have a very good feeling. Yeah. Now you're still a little frightened. Yeah. All right, now that's not going to happen either. Okay, 83, a lot of pain. You know, and then it keeps going down. So that you, this is like your five stages of death. By the way, that's right. You it's, it's you, Larry be has that. a very famous bit called the five stages of drinking. Right. Five stages of death. Well, that's the way I see it. Next those, level. So that it goes down to it eventually goes down to what a treat younger than you are now, and saying okay, so it's forty eight and wait, no wait, no wait, wait, and all pain. Yeah, forty eight, all pain and, <laughs> and a, a bad feeling. And you know, yeah, exactly, a very bad feeling. And you the know devil nothing. comes in, right? And, goes, and you <laughs> just say, and you're looking up, and you get a tap on your shoulder from the other side, and you just yeah. say. Wow, that's not good. Yee. But at any rate, it's, let me finish. Yeah, let me finish. <laughs> you just say, um, "Wow, this is." Are you? Oh boy! So uh, let me finish. Yeah. So at any rate, the, I haven't written that yet fully. But yeah. So I do not know, but we all want the same thing. I'm perfectly happy to let it play out, and that's why let it play out. Yeah. What a great approach. And I'm just going to... You're going to let it play out. And I am going to... Larry, we're all letting it play out, whether we yield to it or not, and I feel a man yielding to it, and it inspires me. On the other side, I am going to not only squeeze every drop, I'm going to whip those horses into the barn. Yeah. I am going to go right to the end. I love to relax and drink and sit around watching watch sure. an old movie, but I mean... Sure. But that's, I'm gonna... that's a whipping in its own way. I, I Carving I out so some too. time to... I saw your leather-bound sure. chair. <laughs> Oh, where you yeah. read? Oh yeah, the uh, well, that's yeah. I, I I love it. And my wife, let's I mean, in my mind, the little, I thought no, but the little stupid lamp there, you know. Oh no, sure, the dad the lamp, ta- the table. Yeah, right. Your you know, man and, lamp. And I said, in fact, last night when I got back from the podcast, from yeah. mine and then from Adams, you know, I just sit there and uh, you know put a little drink down, and then I sat there with a the book I'm reading, and then I turned the lamp on, it didn't go on, and I just looked and I realized one of the kids had plugged in something else, and I didn't had the chance to do the dead. <laughs> Because now I had to get out of the chair to unplug the thing. Uh-huh. Wouldn't change. I wouldn't change a thing. Yep. And I invite everyone to squeeze every drop as well. Oh gosh, Larry, come on. That's the perfect end. I didn't even cover all the things because you're just such a delight to just walk around the room of your brain. So thanks for ha- thanks for having me. <laughs> for having me. No, thanks for coming. Thanks. Uh, at the end of the show, the guest, it's up to you. Could say keep it crispy because that's what we do. Oh, absolutely. And let me just also say, though, um, uh, my thing is at LarryMillerPodcast.com. Yes, please plug yourself. End it with Keith. And it's it's called This Week with Larry Miller. It's on iTunes at LarryMillerPodcast.com. Very funny. And I don't know when you're going to air this thing. I don't know either. Oh, all right. Well, because I was going to say, Saturday, I'm going to be at the Leeds Center in in Lincoln, Nebraska. No, we're going to have to go deeper. Uh, In June. June. Let's do June. Yeah, do June, yeah. Let me finish. Yeah. And... uh, (laughs) I'm going to remember that now. I'm going to find a place for it. Oh, it's great. But you know what? Yeah. I think that's, frankly, as good advice as anything, as good as whip it, whip them into the barn. Yeah. Keep it crispy. Come on! Maybe one of the best keep it crispies ever. I didn't even see it coming. I was like, he's got another point, and then keep it crispy was woven in. Thank you, Larry. Sincerely, thank you so much. Please check out his podcast. Come back. We'll do it again. Oh, I'll be back. And remember, we met... And we will always be in that green room working out jokes for Letterman. Because time is like rings on a tree? It's it's just, it's always, that's the best place for people like us. It's just like here, but that's in effect where we'll always be. Yeah, I love it. Thanks for coming, man. 
All right. Bye, everyone. Now leaving Nerdist.com.